listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Good afternoon, everyone, and uh, it's the day before Thanksgiving. I hope that everyone out there has an enjoyable Thanksgiving. We certainly have some things to give thanks for this year that we didn't have last year. We have a new incoming president of the United States, and uh, I am very, very grateful for that because... We needed to change. Hopefully we're going to get that change. And as I mentioned last week in my show, there's a lot of things that we need to do. There's a lot of reasons for holding President Trump's feet to the fire and Mitch McConnell and making sure that things get done that need to get done. And of course, as I've been saying for months now, the most important aspect of this election was to make sure that we get appointments to the United States Supreme Court of constitutional conservatives who will, in fact, uphold the Constitution of the United States and protect things like our Second Amendment rights and our First Amendment rights, something that Obama has clearly not done and something that Hillary Clinton clearly didn't want to have happen if she had been in there to make the appointments to the United States Supreme Court. So we want good justices on the Supreme Court, and we want our congressional leadership to make sure that Supreme Court appointments get through. And that may mean Mitch McConnell will have to set aside the cloture rule. And I've said this before in the show. I'm going to say it again now. I think the cloture rule, or the so-called filibuster rule, is unconstitutional. Basically, what it does is it says that in the United States Senate, before anything can be brought to a vote, with the exception of cabinet appointments, 60 senators must approve the vote, which essentially means that even though the Republicans have a majority in the Senate, they cannot vote to pass anything if a few Democrats hold out, or a large number of Democrats hold out and say, we're not going to vote to allow this to come to a vote. Now, how does that fit into our Republican form of government, our constitutional form of government? It doesn't. The Constitution set up two houses of Congress, the House of Representatives and the United States Senate. Both of them were allowed to make their own rules as to how they would proceed, but they weren't allowed to change the basic constitutional principle that majority rules, that any legislation going before the House only needs to be passed by a majority of the House members. And the same is true in the Senate. If the Senate changed that rule years ago, and Harry Reid, when he was in charge of a Democrat-led Senate, he uh, made sure that any time Obama needed for him to, he would just invoke the so-called nuclear option and set aside the rule. Now, that didn't require a vote in the Senate to set aside the rule. Harry Reid did it on his own. That, again, made it unconstitutional. So what we have now is a situation where President-elect Trump 
will be sometime in January, late January, February, after he takes office, making a nominee to the Supreme Court of the United States. The Democrats, of course, some of them need to consider the fact that there are 25 Democrats coming up for re-election to the Senate in two years, and only eight Republicans. And the Democrats, at least 10 of them, are in states that voted for Donald Trump. So they may have to think long and hard before they decide to oppose a nominee to the U.S. Supreme Court. But if the Democrats do what they usually do, and that's march in lockstep to their socialist principles, they will try to block that Supreme Court nomination. In which case, the only thing that can be done would be for Mitch McConnell to step in and invoke the so-called nuclear option and say, okay, you know what? We're going to go forward with our appointment. We're going to go forward with the vote, and it only needs to be by a majority, which is what the Constitution calls for. And that's something that has been lost in the discussions throughout the past few years, what the Constitution actually calls for, what it actually means. Now, we have a lot of issues that are going to be coming up before the Congress. And that includes the Iran deal, which was never properly voted for in Congress. It is a treaty. It should have required two-thirds majority of the United States Senate to ratify it. But the Republican leadership in Congress caved in and allowed the president to offer this as an executive action, which only, well, it actually they perverted Article 1, Section 7 of the Constitution that says the president can veto legislation passed by Congress, and then the Congress has to, by three-fourths majority of both houses, overrule the veto. Here they allowed what I would call a negative veto. They said that the so-called treaty, or executive action as they called it, would be submitted to the Congress for a straight up-and-down vote. And if the Congress voted no, then the treaty, that vote could be overridden by a presidential veto, and then the Congress would have to try to override the veto, which wasn't going to happen. So they essentially said that the President of the United States could submit things to Congress for a negative vote and then veto the negative vote. This opens all kinds of weird possibilities and illegal and unconstitutional possibilities. The Iranian treaty should be voted down by the Congress of the United States. Trump, if he's smart, should submit it to the Congress, to the Senate, for ratification and let them vote it down. In that case, it's not a matter of Donald Trump just standing up in front of a camera and tearing the treaty up. It's a matter of the United States Senate saying, we consider this a treaty and we are not going to go along with it. 
So that's one of the many issues that's going to be coming up very quickly in the early days of the Trump administration. We have other things going on, though, right now that we have to look at. A number of Republican electors, people from states like Texas, that voted for Donald Trump, and in many states the electors are bound to cast their vote according to how the state voted. Many electors in Texas, Arizona, other states are being threatened, physically threatened, by the Hillary Clinton supporters, by the left. They're being, their lives are being threatened. Their children are being threatened. Their families are being threatened. If they don't switch their vote when the Electoral College meets, which is mid-December, I think it's the 19th of December, when the actual vote will be taken, and they want people to switch their votes to Hillary. This is the type of reaction we're getting from the leftists here. They despise the whole idea of a constitutional republic to begin with. They want a dictatorship. They want a socialist form of government. They do not want Donald Trump in there. The same would have been true of any Republican that had been elected. So they're going to use intimidation and threats. And one Texas elector just came out yesterday or today and said, you know, they can go to hell, I'm going to Texas. That's the response they're getting. But the fact of the matter is that there is a growing call now, and we've heard this before. We heard it after the election in in 2000 when Bush beat Al Gore in a very close election, and Al Gore had actually won the popular vote. And they were saying, well, Bush won the Electoral College, so we need to abolish the Electoral College. We need to elect people by uh, popular vote. That is exactly what our founding fathers wanted to avoid. This show is called Our Constitution. So let's talk about the Constitution specifically and the Electoral College. Our founding fathers wanted to establish not a democracy. They did not trust democracy. Because pure democracy means that popular vote carries elections and that people can vote in populated areas for something that might hurt the people in rural areas. They wanted a constitutional republic, and that's what they set up. That means that every state in the Union is entitled to cast votes for President of the United States, but they cannot be ignored, that it requires a majority of the Electoral College the votes from these states to elect a president. And it doesn't matter what the popular vote is. Now, why is that important? Well, it's even more important today, I contend, than it was back in the time of the Founding Fathers. Because there are, all, I think, over 3,300 counties in the United States and only 57 of those counties voted for Clinton in the past election. But they were counties with huge populations, like Los Angeles and cities like New York. What the Democrats and the liberals are saying is that the popular vote should be set, be controlling. 
So in other words, Hillary Clinton should have been elected president of the United States because she won the vote in 57 counties. And the rest of the counties, the well over 3,200 counties, that voted for Donald Trump should be ignored and their votes basically set aside. This is the way the Democrats want to play the game. This is the way the liberals want to play the game. Now think about this, too. How many of the popular votes, every day I see a new headline in the MSM, mainstream media, Hillary's popular vote lead grows. Well, they're now counting the dead that voted. They're counting the illegals that voted. We don't let millions out there where votes were cast illegally. But let's take our first break now, and then we'll get back to this. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. This is Skip Coriel, host of the Home Defense Show on America's Web Radio. Join me every week as we explore all aspects of home and family defense as we strive to defend the ones we love in an ever-changing and volatile world. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to America's Webradio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. But so we're talking about the popular vote here as opposed to the Electoral College. And again, that was not an accident when it was put in the Constitution. We are not a democracy. And it, it, I cringe every time I hear people in the media, whether they're left-wing or right-wing or in somewhere in the middle, refer to this country as a democracy. And politicians do the same thing. A democracy would only work on a small scale. Democracy is what they may have in small towns and used to have years ago in small towns where the population came together at a town hall meeting and they voted on certain things. And the way things passed were by a majority vote. That's pure democracy. But pure democracy allows the majority of people to basically take away the rights and freedoms of a minority. That's what our founding fathers 
were trying to stop from happening. They wanted to make sure that democracy in our country did not exist. That what we had was a Republican form of government where the rights of minorities would be protected. And they enshrined these rights in the Bill of Rights. That was why that was added to the Constitution. And as I've told people before, if you don't have a copy of my little book for our Constitution, please get it. You can now get it as an e-book on Amazon for like $2.99. You can also go to www.michaelconnelly.jigsy.com or www.constitution.jigsy.com and order copies of my booklet. Printed copies are 77 pages long. It's small. It's easy to read. You can put it in a purse or your pocket. You can use the stocking stuffers to give to your kids. Because in that booklet, I take every article, every section, every amendment of the Constitution, and I put them in the way they were originally written. And I point out certain aspects of the Constitution. For example, and a lot of people have told me, you know, they do not realize this was the case. But, for example, I point out that the phrase separation of church and state which has been used by the courts and by the liberals for years to stifle freedom of religion in this country, to get rid of prayer in public schools, to force the commandments to be removed from public, the public square. They've used the phrase separation of church and state as being enshrined in the Constitution when, in fact, it does not exist in the Constitution anywhere. It was... The phrase was used in a letter by Thomas Jefferson when he was president of the United States. And there was a religious group that was having an internal dispute, and they asked for the president to intervene and mediate the dispute. He wrote them back that that would be a violation of separation of church and state because that would mean that he would be involved as president of the United States in establishing religion or a form of religion. And see, that's what the Constitution prohibits. That's the establishment clause in the Constitution, that the state cannot establish a particular religion, but the government can allow and should allow basic belief in God to be included in our country. Our country was founded on belief in God, on the Judeo-Christian version of the belief in God. That's why on our money we have in God we trust. That's why it's on our national seal. This was important to the founding fathers. It should be important to us. Yet the word separation of church and state have been used as a club to try to beat down freedom of religion in this country. And I point that out in my booklet. Something else I put in the booklet that I point out, which I believe is also very important, is the fact that the Constitution has a Bill of Rights attached to it. The first ten amendments to the Constitution are called the Bill of Rights. 
And most people do not realize until they read my booklet, because apparently this is not included in most textbooks. Of course, the Constitution is not really being taught in our schools at all anymore. The only thing time they mention the Constitution is to say that it's outdated and, and needs, needs to be trashed. So our children really don't know about the Constitution, but even if they get a chance to read the Constitution in their, checkbook, in their textbooks, and I know when I was in school I had to memorize the preamble to the Constitution and recite that in class. But there's also, in my booklet, the preamble to the Bill of Rights, which many people don't even know exists. And that preamble is basically a warning by our founding fathers, by the people that were putting together the Constitution, and a warning that said, these rights are God-given. They are not given to us by the federal government because our founders understood that if they acknowledged that the federal government gave us rights, they were acknowledging that the federal government could take away those rights. And they were saying, basically, that can't be done. So as far as I'm concerned, the Bill of Rights, and that includes the First Amendment to the Constitution, the right to freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of the press, that includes the Second Amendment, the right to keep and bear arms, the Fifth Amendment, the right to due process, the Tenth Amendment, the right for states and individuals to exercise the freedoms that the privileges and rights that are not given specifically to the federal government by the Constitution. All of those are permanent and cannot be amended. The body of the Constitution can be amended. There are specific provisions and therefore to be done. And that's one reason the Electoral College is basically safe. Now, I've, I've talked about the Electoral College and how they would, would like to get rid of it, but the fact of the matter is the Electoral College it's safe because it would have to be done away with by a constitutional amendment. And even if it should pass in both houses of Congress, 38 state legislatures would then have to agree to it. And that's not going to happen because there are too many smaller states out there and too many states like Texas that believe in our independence and our rights that are not going to do away with the Electoral College to satisfy and placate the far leftists on the West Coast and the East Coast. That's, that's not the way it's going to work. So we have the Constitution. We have the Bill of Rights. My contention is the Bill of Rights cannot be done away with. But let's face it, the left is going to try to do away with it. They're going to continue in their assault. And that's why Supreme Court justices are so important. I wrote an article last week that I posted on my blog at www.michaelconnelly.jigsy.com. And it says, The battle has just started. That's the title of the article. The battle has just started. And I encourage people not to become too complacent over the fact that Hillary Clinton lost, and Donald Trump won. Because the left is not going to give up here, folks. The left is going to continue its attack on our institutions and on 
our freedoms, and it's going to be unrelenting. We have to remember, the left still controls most of the mainstream news media. The left still controls our colleges, for the most part. The vast majority of our colleges are controlled by the left. The left still controls our local schools, for the most part, because they control the school boards. The left still controls many of our federal courts around the country, and they control certain state legislatures that willingly will abolish the Second Amendment, places like California, New York, Maryland, Connecticut, Vermont. These are states that care nothing, where the leaders care nothing about the Constitution. In fact, they want to see the Constitution aside and broken apart. So we have to remember that the battle has just started. And it's particularly true in places like our colleges, where our children are supposedly being educated. They're being educated, they're not being educated. They're being subjected to political propaganda. They're being subjected to indoctrination. And for lack of another term, they're being subjected to brainwashing by the people that run our universities. University in, in Massachusetts did something the other day, which I find absolutely incredible and infuriates me. And I think it's called Hampshire New University. But we'll talk about what they did and what happened after this next break. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. This is Doug Dahlgren of The Prologue. America's Web Radio offers a wide variety of programming that will keep you interested and entertained throughout your week. There are shows about medicine and your health, energy issues, antique cars, our Constitution, vegetables and gardening, politics and opinion, business issues, and legal matters, like drones and how they can affect your life. On Fridays at 11 a.m., you can listen to my show, The Prologue, with a new author and a book I just know you'll want to read. The good news is, if you miss a show, they're all archived and available in podcast form when you're ready to listen as often as you like. So stay tuned, won't you, to America's Web Radio and add to the enjoyment of your day. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, 
and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. This is Skip Coriel, host of the Home Defense Show on America's Web Radio. Join me every week for a full hour of all the best and latest information on how you can get the skills and equipment you need to protect the ones that you love. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Yeah, this this college in uh, New Hampshire, but uh, and I, I don't know if it's a public college. I don't know if it's a private college. I don't know a whole lot about it. I'm trying to find out more about it. But basically what they did is the day after the election, they lowered the American flag. They flew on the campus quadrangle to half-mast. Is mourning for the fact that Donald Trump had won and Hillary Clinton had lost. That, of course, in and of itself, is a desecration of the flag. Because the flag is only supposed to fly half-mast to honor our fallen soldiers, to honor people in government, prominent people who have, we have lost in tragic circumstances and who need to be honored. It is not meant to be used as a political statement, which is exactly what this college did. And the president of the college defended it. Then, a few days later, when the flag was still flying at half mass, the Veterans Day when they had traditionally had a ceremony at this college honoring our veterans, the flag was taken down and burned by some students. How did the administration respond? They didn't go after the students. They didn't try to find out who they were. They didn't try to punish them. What they said was, well, from now on, we're not going to fly the American flag on our campus because it's divisive. And by not flying the American flag, and we know this may upset veterans, but we don't give a damn. We want to concentrate on fighting Islamophobia and homophobia and racism and sexism and the, all the isms that the left is so fond of talking about, most of which they are guilty of themselves, more so than the people they attack. But, you know, if I was closer to this campus... If it, for example, was in Texas, I would put on my U.S. Army veteran hat. I would take one of the American flag, 
been flown. One that flew over Bagram Air Force Base in Afghanistan. My oldest son sent me that. And I had the flag that was on my father's coffin, World War II veteran. So I would walk on this campus and I would raise that flag. If any other veterans wanted to come with me, I would welcome it. But I would do it on my own if I had to. If they arrest me for coming on the campus and raising the flag, so be it. They're going to have one hell of a fight on their hands. Unfortunately, this is a campus in Massachusetts, which is a long way away. I don't know anybody in Massachusetts. I don't even know where this campus is located. But, you know, it's still tempting. It's still tempting to get on a plane. If there are any veterans out there in Massachusetts who intend to do something about this, please let me know. And I will support you in any way that I can, any way that you want me to. This nonsense has got to stop. But this is what is happening on our campuses. This is why we cannot give up the fight. Foundation. We're a small legal organization. We don't have a very big budget. We certainly don't have a great big staff. I'm the executive director. I don't get paid six figures like executive directors or charities do. I get paid about the same amount of money as a incoming police officer in Dallas, Texas, a rookie police officer. I don't care about that. What I care about is what we do. I do most of my own scheduling of radio shows and this sort of thing. So if anybody out there wants to get me on a local radio show, contact me. Uh, you can contact me at my email, michael at usjf. That's the United States Justice Foundation, michael at usjfmail.net. You can contact me through my website, and you can go to the our Constitution homepage on America's Web Radio and find the link to my, my blog and website. Contact me with information if you want to try to get me on a local show to talk about the Constitution, uh, talk about our the recent election, basically anything involving the freedoms in our country. We have so much in danger right now. The United States Justice Foundation has been in the forefront of the fight for years. We filed this year alone scores of briefs in courts of appeals around the country, federal court of appeals. We handled some matters in state court. We filed briefs in the United States Supreme Court. We've been successful in some of what we've done. Some of it, we were not successful. But the fact of the matter is that we're maintaining the fight. And the fight is far from over. Our fear is that we, for example, represent veterans in their fights against the VA when the VA is attempting to take away their, uh, declare them incompetent to handle their own financial affairs and to take away their right to own firearms. We just recently won a case on behalf of a local veteran here in Texas, and we're representing other veterans around the country. And again, if a veteran needs our support, 
They can contact me at michael at usjfmail.net. And we will represent you, and we will represent you for free. All of the legal work we do, we don't charge our clients that we represent. We don't charge the people whose names are on, on the cases. We don't charge them anything. We do all this at no cost to our clients. So that means we have to raise the money independently. Because it's not cheap to get briefs prepared and you get them printed out or electronically filed. There's always money involved. And there's money to pay the small staff that we do have, but also to pay the contract attorneys that we use. Most of our contract attorneys donate a whole lot of time to us, but we're so heavily involved that they can't donate all their time. So they're paid much less than they would normally be paid, but they still have to be paid. Don't get complacent, because Donald Trump is president of the United States. Don't give up the fight, because Donald Trump is president of the United States. We are going to need to continue, particularly once he appoints a good Supreme Court justice, There are all kinds of things we need to take to the Supreme Court. All kinds of cases that need to be revisited by the Supreme Court. Roe versus Wade being one of the most prominent. We now have a possibility of actually protecting the lives of the unborn in this country. We have the possibility of enshrining the Second Amendment and broadening its interpretation as to what it really means. Heller said it's an individual right, the Heller case, which we were involved in, by the way. Heller said it's an individual right. He acknowledged that. Hillary wanted to overturn that by Supreme Court appointments. Donald Trump, I'm sure, will not appoint anybody who's going to overturn that. But we need to broaden. We need to say that even the states, from passing legislation limiting the right to carry a concealed weapon, limiting the so-called assault weapons, which they have no idea what they're talking about when they say assault weapon anyway, from doing things that have been punishing people for maintaining and using their right to keep them their arms. We've got a lot of work out there to do, ladies and gentlemen. So please contribute to the United States Justice Foundation. Don't say, and this this we've seen happen before when we've had good election results, because we've been around for 37 years, is people say, okay, well, Ronald Reagan was elected, or Donald Trump was elected. We don't have anything to worry about now. It's all over. It's not over. It's just beginning. And we need your support. We need your support continuously. And, it, you know, if you want to give us $5,000, that's fantastic. Somebody recently sent me a check for $10,000. If you want to just give $5, that's fine, too. But go to usjf.net. That is our website. And you can find out there how to donate. You can do it online, or you can do it by mail. But either way, please support us. Because, like I said, the fight has just begun. And there's going to be you know, a lot of things coming up, including the tax on the Electoral College. Because there are a lot of people out there who are going, well, maybe we ought to do away with it. Maybe it would be fair to allow the majority to elect the President of the United States. Maybe that's the way it ought to work. That's not the way it was designed to work. That's not the way that would be fair. That's the way that the 
left coast and the leftists on the east coast to control the rest of this country, to take away our constitutional rights and do what Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama wanted to do, and that is turn us into a socialist paradise. Yeah, they want us to be just like Venezuela. That's a good example of a socialist paradise. People are rioting in the streets. People are starving. People can't get medical care. People don't have jobs. People don't have electricity. In a lot of cases, they don't have running water unless they're part of the, the government elite. And then they have all those things, which is basically what they tried to do in this country. We had the elitist in Hollywood and the elitist out of Harvard and other places in the East Coast saying that, you know, we're entitled to have our rights, we're entitled to do what we want, the rest of you can basically drop dead. You're the unwashed masses, you're too stupid to know what's good for you, so we're going to take over and tell you what's good for you. And by the way, prior people like Amy Schumer and Whoopi Goldberg, why are they still here? Remember, they were all going to leave the country if Donald Trump was elected. None of them have left. Amy Schumer is doing a new commercial on TV. They're not going to leave because their idea was for this country to impose higher taxes, not on themselves, but on the rest of us. And if they leave this country, they're going to countries where they're going to pay higher taxes. And everything's more expensive. And they won't be making as much money. So they're not going to leave. They were full of it. They're going to stay here and they're going to continue to spend their money to try to elect far-left Democrats, elitists like themselves, who will basically treat the rest of us like the losers they think we are. Well, guess what? The losers just revolted and rose up and kicked some left-wing butt and kicked it hard. We're not going to give up. We're going to continue fighting at the USJF. We're going to continue our struggle to maintain freedom in this country. Because like I tell, I'm telling people, the struggle is not over. Read my article. The battle has just started. www.michaelconnelly.com. Because the battle has just started, we cannot give up the struggle. We cannot give up the fight. We need to keep going. Contact me if you need our help, particularly if you're veterans. Contact me at US and Michael at USJFmail.net. Michael at USJFmail.net. Sorry, I had a brain freeze there. Couldn't remember my own email address. But what the heck, I'm getting old. Anyway, we'll talk some more in just a minute. Let's take our final break. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. 
USJF, a non-profit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. This is Skip Coriel, host of the Home Defense Show on America's Web Radio. Join me every week as we explore all aspects of home and family defense as we strive to defend the ones we love in an ever-changing and volatile world. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Again, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you coming on board and listening to me today. And I hope everybody has a happy Thanksgiving tomorrow. And we do have a lot of work to do. I do want to give you an update on something that's been going on, though, that uh, I mentioned last week of my show. And that is my ongoing fight with Amazon. Uh, many of you know that I have a brand new patriotic novel out that came out not long before the election and has received some rave reviews and also has been attacked viciously by the left. Uh, the novel is called Rag. Uh, it is basically a story of Americans who are, uh, find themselves under a dictatorship and rise up to reclaim their freedoms. So a lot of people are buying the rag. And particularly, they were buying it in the Kindle edition, which is the ebook edition on Amazon. And I also have my book about my dad's unit during World War II, and it's a Kindle edition on Amazon, and also in paperback, and then my other patriotic novel, Amelia, Story of America. Now, these several of these books have been on Amazon for years, and have been in Kindle edition for two or three years. I decided to go ahead and post, and those were put on there by my publisher, by the way, uh, Trafford, and I decided to go ahead and post, since I never formally published it, we just printed it through the United States Justice Foundation, my little book on our Constitution, to post it on Kindle, on Amazon. Well, I did that, and I did it under my name, Michael Connolly, just as all of my other books have been under Michael Connolly. And one of them, Writers in the Sky, the Ghost and Legends of Philmont's Scout Ranch, has been on Amazon for 16 years. Almost 16 years. And there's another Michael Connolly out there. I recognized that at the beginning. He was a mystery, he's a mystery writer. Nobody had ever complained about this from Amazon. Nobody had ever told me 
until just recently that I have to change my name. Now, I was writing magazine articles and publishing them under my name while this guy was still in diapers. But Amazon says, you have to change your name. And they canceled not only our Constitution, but they canceled the Kindle editions of all of my other books. And I suspect they're probably going to get rid of my my books and paperback. I basically threatened to sue. I said, look, why should I change my name? But they said, well, just use your middle initial, and that'll, that'll cover it. So I tried that. I put my middle initial in on my book. I could, so if you go to look for it, it'll be under Michael R. Connolly. And they put it right back up. But they're refusing to put the rest of them up. And I keep getting a runaround. I email Amazon. And they emailed me back and said, well, you contacted the wrong department. We're going to forward it to another department. And they forwarded it to another department. The other department emails me and says, we can't talk to you because this wasn't properly filed with us. This has been going on for weeks now. This isn't about the name. This is about not wanting what tense in my book. It's interesting to see that the the trolls are going on and attacking the rag. And they're attacking the rag using basically the same language every time. Different names, but the same language. The same that they use attacking attacking Amagali. And they've even used it attacking the Mortimer. And I've talked to a good friend of mine who's been on this show several times, John Trudell, and he is an author, and he has had similar problems with Amazon. And he has published all of his books through Amazon. Yet he is having problems with Amazon because they're trying to deny him the right to put up reviews of other books, and the trolls are attacking him repeatedly, and Amazon doesn't do anything about it. They let these people come in and attack him. He tried to get an ad through Amazon, and Amazon refused to allow him to go to take out an ad because they said the book, the cover of the book he wanted to advertise, contained a silhouette of a firearm. So this brings me to my next point, and this is something that we're going to have to really be prepared to fight over in the next few months, the next few years, and something the U.S. Justice Foundation will be heavily involved in. There is a movement afoot to... Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, apparently I I got cut off. Uh, We do have some bad weather in the area right now. But then, of course, I was saying bad things about the liberals and and, and social media, and so who knows, we may have a drone over or something like that. But what I was talking about was the fact that social media... Places like Facebook and Twitter are going to do, to try to put us out of business. And when I say us, I'm talking about conservatives. I'm talking about commentators like myself. They're going to start censoring what they call fake news. So what's their definition of fake news? Their definition of fake news is anything that disagrees with what they have to say. Anything that disagrees with their support of socialism, anything that disagrees with their 
Black Lives Matter. And by the way, thanks to Black Lives Matter, as far as we're concerned, we had four police officers shot in the last 48 hours, one of whom was killed. All shot in ambushes, as far as I can tell, by blacks. The police officers were white. I'm not going to be allowed to talk about that on Twitter or on Facebook anymore if they have their way, because they're going to, and I just, we had some rumbles of thunder here, so I thought maybe I'd lost everybody for a minute. But if they have their way, I'm going to be shut down. This radio show, America's Web Radio itself, may be shut down. They don't want us to have freedom of speech. Because when we have freedom of speech, we say the truth. And they don't want the American people to know the truth. They want kids in this country, students in this country, to be brainwashed with their view, their view that totalitarianism is the only way to go, that socialism is the way of the future. Facebook is going to be, I think, particularly aggressive about this. They have already been playing games with me. I have a Facebook account. When I post personal information on that account, like recently I posted pictures of my, my sons, uh, my youngest son standing in front of his Black Hawk helicopter, my oldest in, in combat in, in Afghanistan, and I said, these are their safe spaces. And that's why I have no sympathy for the whiny college kids who have been hiding in their safe spaces with their teddy bears and coloring books since the election. That's the wimpiest generation. I've written an article about that, and I have no use for them. Well, I got a lot of hits on that. And, for example, on my birthday, I got over 200 people to drink happy birthday. Anyway, I posted something about my new grandchild. I had over 100 hits, whites. But when I post one of my new articles on there, I used to get a lot of responses, a lot of likes, because I have about 1,500 followers on, on Facebook. I used to get a lot of likes and a lot of comments. Now I get maybe less than 10. And I found out that that's because many of the people who used to get my post on Facebook no longer receive it. They're still listed on my friends list. They're still still supposed to be getting it. It's supposed to be posted on my timeline when I post the article. But it's not happening. So for all intents and purposes, I'm being censored by Facebook. So bottom line is, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a long way to go. We want a big, historic victory. But the victory is is not set in stone. The attacks on us are going to be the same. The attacks are going to continue. The attacks are going to be more and more vicious, more and more possibly life-threatening. And this is, you know, I'm going to talk about ISIS. we got that out there to continue it, too. I'm talking about the liberal Democrats in this country. These are the people that we have to face right now. 
We have to face foreign enemies like ISIS. We have to face domestic enemies like the Democratic National Committee, which is about to appoint as its new leader a far-left Muslim congressman from Minnesota. So, again, ladies and gentlemen, support us. Support the United States Justice Foundation. Buy my books. A great Christmas presents. And everybody have a happy Thanksgiving tomorrow. And I will talk to you again next week. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.